Hello and welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. All right, well today we're visiting with the Boston chapter of AGA and we're very happy to have two special guests. Uh, We have uh, Sarah Monjo and we also have Yoko McCarthy. Hello, how are you all doing today? Hi, good morning. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. We're enjoying the fall in New England. It's beautiful out here. The leaves are starting to turn. Very nice. Yeah, down in Virginia, you know, I feel like the the leaves have kind of, you know, gotten lazy on us. They just go from green to to, to yellow, and then they're down. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's all we get now. Oh well. Um, well, let's just start off here, if you don't mind. I'll have both of you just introduce yourself and tell us uh, what you know your day job and then your role in the in the the Boston chapter. So maybe Sarah, do you want to go first? Sure. Sure. Um... I am Sarah Monjo. I am the seventh, 70th president of the Boston chapter. I've been a member of AGA since 2018. Um, my day job, um, I am the audit director at um, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts State Auditor's Office, and I focus in on education and independent authority. I have over 20 years of experience in governmental accounting. That includes five years in the state auditor's office um, and 15 years at the University of Massachusetts, uh, where I worked in varying capacities as a business manager for a grant-funded program um, in their internal audit department, as well as um, I held the capacity of university control for six years. Prior to my work um, for the Commonwealth, I worked in um, high-tech environments, um, primarily focusing on medical equipment manufacturing and software development. Um, following a, a stint with a big six um, accounting firm, I'm a certified public accountant in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, um, a CGFM, as well as um, a CFE, and I hold a master's degree in accountancy from Bentley University and a bachelor's degree in business administration from Emmanuel College. I'm very happy to be here today and have the opportunity to talk about the Boston chapter with Yoko and yourself, Paul, and share some of the challenges that the Boston chapter has been facing as we find our footing in this post-pandemic environment. So, Yoko, Thank you. Hi, I'm Yoko McCarthy. I'm a principal at Barry Dunn. Um, Barry Dunn is a public accounting and consulting firm headquartered in Portland, Maine. We also have offices in New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut, West Virginia, Arizona, and Puerto Rico. And the newest one is going to open in Hawaii. Our consulting group mainly works with state and local government and higher education institutions. I work under Government Assurance Group and co-lead compliance and risk management practice. Prior to joining Barry Dunn, I worked for the Massachusetts State Auditor's Office for nine years. Uh, I have been an AGA member since 2014. I am a certified fraud examiner, certified information system auditor, and CGFM. 
Um, Sarah kindly nominated me as her successor. So I am the incoming president of the AGA Boston chapter. So this year, I'm shadowing Sarah to learn the roles of uh, president. Thank you for having us today, Paul. And we are very excited to talk about the other Boston chapter. Um, awesome. Yeah. And uh, right. I'm in the same boat as you. So I'm shadowing too. I'm the president elect for a DC chapter. So I get to uh, see behind the scenes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So great. Good stuff. This is great. Um, well, awesome. So I wanted to have this podcast, you know, obviously to highlight your chapter, let folks know what Boston's up to. Um, I, I feel like we're very DC centric around here. We just focus on federal and a lot of the DC happenings, but I want this podcast to be nationwide and, you know, to talk, talk about what everybody's doing out there. Um, and as uh, Sarah said, to talk about what are, what are your visions here for the post pandemic world, as far as the chapters go and, some of the challenges and maybe opportunities, right? So, um, so yeah, why don't we just start off here? Uh, give us a little bit about background on the chapter, the history of the chapter. I mean, one of the oldest chapters, just like DC. Um, and then maybe a little bit about some of your goals for the year. Sure, sounds great. Um, this is Sarah, and um, our chapter was formed in 1954, so 69 years old. Um, and it was the fifth AGA chapter. Um, we have 325 professionals as members, and they're from diverse organizations. Um, and we'll note later, unlike you, Paul, in the D.C. area, we're very focused on state. We have 48 active CGFM, and we follow a three-year model for our leadership plan. So we have um, an elected, a president-elect, um, a president, and then an immediate past president. So when you sign up, you, you sign a three-year commitment. Um, I have two officers um, outside of um, the, the president. Um, we have a secretary who also holds the role, the newly formed role of the eighth coordinator. And then we have a treasurer. Um, we have the National Council of Chapters represent, representatives, and then I've appointed three vice presidents to assist me throughout the year. We have a vice president of education and um, a vice president of programs, vice president of AMF, and um, a vice president of communication. We also have a webmaster. And then directors or chairs for um, the various normal groups, membership, registration, young professionals, accountability, um, scholarships, sponsorships, and um, I, I have a student advisor to help me um, recruit from the colleges. Um, the, according to our um, side, our goals, we focus in on six areas, um, membership, education, community service, certification, accountability, and communication. And um, today, I think we wanted to focus in on three of those six bold areas. Um, the first one being membership. So take a look at um, what, what challenges we're facing and um, strategies that we're um, considering or implementing as we continue this year. So, so 
when we talk about membership in the Boston chapter and our 324 members that we currently have, um, 59% of those are represent the state sector. All right, um, 16% or 50 represent the private sector. So what I what I consider private would be your consulting firms and um, other individuals who aren't associated with um, the other categories we have here. Uh, we have a 9% representation for federal government. 6% of our um, membership is retired. Um, 4% are from the municipalities. I have 4% from students enrolled in colleges in the area, and then 2% in academia. So to kind of take that population and um, split it a different way, um, when you look at the categories that um, your membership report presents to you in um, the national database, 234 of our members, of the 324, um, are classified as government employees. Um, 26 are in the private sector. Um, 16 are students. Um, 20 are considered early career. And, um, and we have 28, so there's a little discrepancy between um, the numbers, but um, they're considered 28 retired. So, like, always what what are your challenges for members you want to engage and retain your current membership while you grow your current membership database um, I did have the wonderful opportunity to meet with um, our membership coordinator or chair uh, Andrew Slowick um, a, a young man who um, is heading spearheading the effort of our membership committee this year and I met with him yesterday, and um, got he's got some really great ideas, and we'll share those with you. Um, he's, he's working on our annual um, membership survey, which we hope to distribute to the members um, either late November or early December. So that will go out, and in, um, he's coordinating that with the other department chairs throughout our CEC so that we have questions that are on point for the current issues uh, we're dealing with in the time. Um, Yoko, uh, you might want to jump in here. We, we had talked about outreaching to municipalities. That's an area where um, Yoko's firm does a lot of work with. And, um, you know, we, we think there's a growth. Right now we only have a 4% representation. So do you want to jump in and... and some of the thoughts we had on how how to sure. reach that population. Sure. Yeah, definitely. We have a lot of opportunities um, for the membership growth in that, like you know, uh, municipality, uh, because we currently don't have a great number. I think the problem is that we don't really do any. Uh, we haven't done any outreach in the past, as far as I know. So uh, I am a member of the Association of Local Government Accountants, uh, known as ALGA. Um, so I would like to use that network and uh, just just let everyone know the um, the AGA also supports the uh, the local government um, uh, accountants. Uh, 
and um yeah, I think that there are definitely a lot, like we, in you know Massachusetts, obviously we have a lot of um, uh, good-sized cities, and I think they will, um, you know, benefit from the networking opportunities that we might be able to um, provide for them. And also, CGFM covers local and state and you know federal financial management, so definitely a good um you know to have that um kind of vertical networking opportunity as well so, so that you know excited to do a little outreach in that area um you know again we're going to say a very high concentration of state employees and um in boston we have uh, a lot of the agencies that uh, our members, the AGA, are located in a governmental building, Ashburn. So one of the efforts um, the membership team was, was thinking about is setting up um, like an event in the cafeteria in that building to build awareness um, of AGA as well as um, CGFM opportunities. So um, we're reaching out to um, facilities management to make sure that we can do some marketing. Um, within the cafeteria of that building because most, if not um, a good chunk of state representation is there. And as we'll discuss a little later in, um, in our notes when we talk about certification and the efforts that we want to put into awareness for the CGFM um, overall. So we've got that going on. And then um, they were also talking about ways to reach um, the heads of agencies, government, um, federal government, state government, and municipalities. So to, to be able to find um, lists to reach out to the CFOs or heads of these agencies. Um, I know the controller's office in Massachusetts, right on their website, they have contact lists for the CFOs uh, and heads of agencies that we can um, obtain, right? you know, their public documents and, and do some marketing from that to um, provide them with marketing materials supporting AGA and um, CGFM certification. So um, really trying to stay focused and keep our members engaged as we go forward. So um, the second area we wanted to um, talk about, and, and this is, I think it's a struggle when I went to PDT this summer, and, um, and Yoko and I both had the opportunity to attend the, um, is it LEAD conference mm -hmm. that we went to in April. Um, so uh, in talking with our um, district group, as well as other national members, um, this coming out of COVID and and going from an in-person uh, training environment to more of a virtual um, environment in that struggle, you know, and what is it? It's virtual or in-person, and um, we're really, really struggling here because um, you have limited resources, and unless you have a really solid background, the technicalities involved in doing virtual events um, can limit you if if you don't have um, members who have the time and the expertise to provide the technical support you need to do um, a very professional um, educational session. 
So um, when I joined the AGA back in 2018, all of the events were virtual. And they were engaging. They were networking opportunities. It was easy to get sponsors because they wanted to um, come and talk and have a presence. And then um, COVID hit, and um, we were we didn't come to our knees. And I and I want to do a shout out here um, to the president who was in place when COVID hit because he really held the organization together and he was able to find resources. Um, we had um, our RPDT scheduled for May of um, 2020, and um, I believe it got canceled, but we were able to um, get back on the ground in the fall of 2020 and have a virtual fall conference, fall fraud conference, and, um, you know, master the art of virtual. It's, it's costly for us, so um, we depend on a provider of CE21. And so every time we have a full day conference, there's about $7,000 worth of cost to run the background and make sure everything is, you know, it's a very professional looking environment, but, um, you know, we pay for it. And so hence we don't make the money we could make off, um, well, we never really made money off the in-person events, but um, there's some trade-offs there. And over the course of the past few years, we've been surveying our membership and, and, you know, they want hybrid. They want an opportunity to go to a conference, yet also have the flexibility of, um, you know, if they want to attend virtually, they can. You know, they don't want to drive to Boston and deal with the traffic and the parking. Um, we also have um, the agencies. The current economic situation is we're all tightening our belts. So there's not as much money for educational opportunities sometimes, depending on the edu um, agency. So we're, we're all feeling this. Um, you know, I, since I um, I joined in 2018, I went to a few of the in-person events, thought they were a blast, and then, you know, I attended a lot of ones. So um, the challenges that I think we all feel are, what do we do? but we're losing some numbers here. Um, I believe we spoke earlier, Paul, um, a few weeks ago as we were prepping for this podcast and you were saying it, it, this is a common element out in the D.C. area. Am I correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you were saying your lunches, um, you know, at one time you had hundreds and hundreds of people coming and, you know, it, it's trimmed down. So um, one of the things we noted is we used to have our RPDT at um, Bentley University. And um, for $12,000, we had a wonderful event where there were breakout sessions in different tracks. And um, we went back, we were trying to organize that event last year. And when we contacted Bentley University, um, the price had doubled to, to have that event. And so, you know, it's just not doable. And hybrid for us is not an affordable option at this time because we don't have, um, we, we have a Zoom license, but um, to bring all the parts together and run it, it we just don't have the, the bandwidth right now. So, um, so we're moving forward this year with three virtual events. And um, to meet the needs of our members, um, to, to fulfill 
that networking um, opportunity that people are looking for. We're looking to, um, I, I actually created a position. We used to have a vice president of education and programs, and I, I split that role. So then we have education and then we have programs. And I, I'm very lucky to have uh, the former two, two presidents ago, Shannon Doran, in our um, association, on our, on our CEC, who is um, going to chair the effort of providing networking opportunities and, and incorporating in within that our um, community service efforts. So working with, um, we're hoping to work with Cradles to Crayon, which is a national organization that provides um, fund sources and goods to um, children um, so that they, you know, clothing, essential, um, needy children. So, and then probably working, you know, just doing some fun networking events, there's some trivia nights in the area. So to get people together and, and to be able to expand those networking opportunities. So, um, Yoko, am I, did I skip all of it? No, I think you covered it all. Great. And then okay. I think we have one more area, right? Certification. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm I'm very excited about certification, and I want to give a shout out to um, Kim Jones over at National, who uh, I've, I've, we've been talking to, and um, our chair at the Boston. Um, his name is JJ Scully. He works for the Gaming Commission, and um, he took over the role that Yoko had prior. She was um, our chair of certification. And um, picking up where Yoko left off and, and looking at CGFN and opportunities that I, I was not even aware of existed, um, where if our chapter hosts um, a, a CGFN prep course, um, it, it, and if you can do the marketing and the outreach that we were talking about earlier to, to build the membership, but also strive um, at looking at that CGFN um, certification and to be able to communicate the benefits of CGFM, um, increasing knowledge of all governmental areas and, and getting that big picture of government um, and, and building your professional confidence within the government area um, and enhancing your own personal marketability for those individuals who pursue the CGFM. Taking that and, and doing, you know, doing the pitch and being able to um, attract enough people to run a class. Um, they're, they're, JJ developed some, an Excel model where he was showing um, we can actually use it as a mechanism to provide um, cutting down the cost for each individual pursuing their CGFM significantly. I think if you sign up for the whole program, it costs uh, you know, each course separately is fifteen hundred dollars, but you can we can drive depending on the numbers, drive that down to almost a thousand dollars, and at the same time be able to provide um, a, a profit center for the chapter, so that we can reinvest that money into either providing more CGFM scholarships to our individuals. So very very excited about those opportunities. Um, you know, having some thoughts. On marketability. I need to talk to Kim Jones some more, but 
I personally feel that um, that governmental environment class, that um, the, the first section of the CGFM, that is something that anybody who works in government um, in the government sector should have under their belt. The content in that section is just so relevant, and um, any any aspect of um, that you're working in. So um, when you look at the municipalities, you look at their funding streams, um, the monies come in federal, state, and local to support. And so by um, learning the content in there and getting some more the background, for those individuals that, that haven't had the opportunity to really be exposed to government until they come into their job, so like a gateway course. And maybe there's something, um, you know, we could just hold, um, the first section and, and market that out and see because it is worth eight CPEs. So if someone takes the class and, and then takes the exam, they get the CPEs. And if maybe they don't want to, you know, go further. They just want to, um, you know, the, the accounting scares them. But we could use the course itself as um, a, a marketing tool so that we can promote CGFM and let them know that, um, AGA has support mechanisms that can get them certification. And if they just want, you know, the quality of the information in that um, government environmental section is just so key and relevant to their job. If they stop there, it's there. It's still a win. It's a win for everyone involved, including the person who has that knowledge. And I, I, I say this from experience because I worked in the private sector before I came to the University of Massachusetts. And, and I really wish I was, I had known about that, you know, the CGFM certification um, when I was there, because I can remember struggling just with conceptual components that I, you know, no fault of my own. I just wasn't exposed to them earlier in my career. So um, very exciting stuff, um, I think, this year for the certification. Yeah, sounds great. So, so I don't know if, um, Paul, if you have questions, or you'll go if I forgot anything. <laughs> I don't, no, I don't think so, though. We, uh, because this is an AGA podcast, we sort of uh, assume that everyone knows CGFM. But just so, <laughs> for in case you don't know, CGFM is a certified government financial manager that AGA, um, you know, gives. Uh, AGA hosts the that like you know certification, and that is the only professional certification, as you say, Sarah, hundred percent focused on governmental um, financial management at federal, state, and local level. So, yeah. just wanted to make sure that everyone knows what yeah. is. That's right. Well, because yeah, I mean, I've taken the CPA test, and there was no questions about government. Maybe one question mm -hmm. on the whole thing. So this is the only one that. You know, this one, CGFM, I guess there's a CDFM or for Defense World, but, you know, yeah, this is really the only one for, for federal civilian government. So everybody mm -hmm. should get it. <laughs> so, I yeah. so I just had a, a final question, or we're getting close to our time here, but just I wanted maybe just both of you to uh, give us some final thoughts, you know, maybe things you'd like to hear from other chapters or DC on advice on going forward or, or just to give us, you know, a farewell kind of good wishes either way, but uh, maybe Yoko, do you want to go first? Sure. 
thank you. Uh, yes, we are always looking for it. So one of the other, uh, you know, uh, this was my first time uh, going to lead the last one. And um, that's the first time I met with the other uh, leaders from the other uh, chapters. And that was really useful. We shared a lot of information. Um, so if anyone, any of the listeners had any idea to share with us, please do reach out to us. Um, and if there's any collaboration ideas to, of the other, I don't know, CPE opportunities or uh, even like a networking opportunities, we are always open to any suggestions. So yes, please, um, please reach out to us. Thank you. All right. And Sarah? Yeah. Um, I, I just want to, um, again, um, thank you. Express my gratitude, Paul, for um, inviting us because, um, you know, I, I've never done a podcast before. It's scary um, for me. But, um, you know, I, I, we do have, we do want to collaborate. We want to collaborate as much as possible. Um, we, we have those opportunities. As Yoko mentioned, we went to lead. We, we also had the opportunity to go to PDT this year and catch up with our friends that we met at lead and continue on. I think Yoko has been at, um, at PDT several, several times, right? And, and mm -hmm. So again, um, very, very um, interested in collaborating with our chapters. I know there's opportunities out there. Um, so please feel free to reach out and thank you so much. I think, Paul, maybe we should do another session next year and see how, you know, the the things that have surfaced today and our concerns today and, and um, see how we've dealt with them um, throughout the year might be a wise effort to check back in. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. Well, awesome. Well, thank you again both for joining today. And, uh, so that that was the podcast and uh, this is your host Paul Marshall signing off for Accountability Talks with AGA.